Hey guys, Jim Cox, and I'm here today with an interview with Elaine Tanner. She is a member of Friends for Environmental Justice, um, and she was recently at the uh, week-long protest in Washington, D.C. about climate justice. So, uh, Elaine, thanks for taking the time to chat this morning. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in terms of being an activist and working on the climate? Um, it started in the mountains here in Appalachia and we had intended to retire here about 22 years ago and the water was poisoned. Mm. And we started fighting for environmental justice at that point. Uh, in 2010, went to Washington for the first time and continue that fight, we would go home to Ohio from Eastern Kentucky, and we were surrounded by pipelines and fracking wells and injection wells, and um, it was necessary. It was time in my life to stand up for what was most important, and that was the, the future for our kids. Uh, it was about the water. It's always, no matter where we go, what they do when they use or extract fossil fuels, it, it contaminates our water and water is life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So have you seen improvements in terms of water in your area in that past number of years in terms of activism or has it gotten worse? Well, for our community, it's gotten better. We now live in Eastern Kentucky, um, but to get where we are today, we had to, uh, you know, join alliances and coalitions and work with people that knew the roadmap to get us where we need to go, hmm. working through environmental agencies and Army Corps of Engineers. And, you know, it just led to so many different places. But eventually, we did water testing, uh, had the states involved in the Department of Mines and found out our water, our aquifer had been destroyed. And hmm. then we found that the the, uh, uh, water was only fit to flush toilets. And we're talking the, the um, surface water and the groundwaters. And um, there was no alternative. Well, then I uncovered $2 million worth of misappropriated funds, made a lot of noise, filed a Safe Drinking Water Emergency Act, and our community of 97 families got water within hmm. six months. How did you get fresh water? Did they have to uh, cart it in or did they have? It, it, there's a plume within the aquifer that was contaminated and those plumes move. Those plumes can move very quickly or they can stay stable. At least we can do more than flush our toilets with it. Hmm. Is it is it consumable or do you have to like filter it even once you get the water? Um, I filter in cooking water. Um, if I had a filtration system that would remove arsenic, then it would be a little different story. Um, mm. Heavy metals in the water. So, you know, there's a lot of water programs that you can get for filtration, mm -hmm. but um, it's still, you know, it, it, it's all consuming and we need to do this on a, a uh, regional level, I believe. And arsenic is really a direct result of what's going on with fracking, right? I mean, a lot of, a no, lot of those types of heavy metals are... This is from mining, and that's where I come into the um, DC event as, you know, we're, we're talking about fossil fuels, mm -hmm. and mining is the ultimate fossil fuel here, you know, we, we, we have been dealing with that. Now, we've been, in our county, we have been stripped, gutted, and fracked, 
So, mm. you know, all of those things, but um, it's uh, the theory on how these heavy metals get into our water table. For example, we had a mountaintop removal area totally surrounding us. And then we had a hollow fill, which means they actually took the headwater and pushed rocks into the hollow fill, blew it up and pushed the mountain over. If you're making, <laughs> yeah, wow. it gets, if you're making coffee and you would say, take whole beans and you would dump hot water over those whole beans and you're going to get a diluted, you know, kind of a, I feel comfortable. Oh yeah. I was not one of the arrestees. I pretty much do media. Uh, media is the gap. Um, they did not want people to know what was going on. Um, there were 655 arrests mm. in a total of five days. I was not there on the fifth day with the youth, but that was the total that we got. Um, and, you know, we got some coverage on democracy. Now, there was some good coverage, but no, we didn't get the coverage. They don't want people to know that Biden did not keep his promises on these fossil fuel issues, the impacts that we're experiencing. He can sign it off with a pen. And we went there to ask him to do that, to keep his promises. Um, first, it was Indigenous Peoples Day. And yeah. that was day that it was very important that, you know, we, we look at the big picture and we know that these fights of, of Standing Rock and Line 3 and Line 5, these are going on. This is happening. They are doing what they did at Standing Rock to these people standing on these front lines. And we were there to support them. And many people had reasons. There were faith groups. There were youth groups. There were uh, activists from all over. And I heard 49 states. They may, if we had someone there from Hawaii, we had people representing 50 states. We were the frontline communities. And these are the people that are willing to risk whatever it takes basically to stop this madness and to protect their waters. Hmm. So how many people total showed up at the protests? Like how many uh, activists were there? Um, we had a sign in of, I believe, um, around 3000 people wow. that went through the week and not everybody, you know, people would come say, I'll be there for this day. And they'd end up staying, you know, for the entire event. So, um, and, and then there were different actions in the afternoon, too. Um, you may have heard of the uh, visit to the Department of Interior, the Bureau of Affairs. That was, um, I was at a back gate and saw, you know, what was going on there. And then at the same time, what was going on inside, we found out later. This was um, something that had happened when they did the sit-in inside. This had also happened in 1972 with a little more back then and it had to do with labor disputes and you know this this was totally about fossil fuels getting us off fossil fuels and getting the message across and we felt that our message was well received some of our tweets were getting millions and billions of um, shares and replies so it, it was pretty awesome oh awesome that's amazing um as far as with, I know that uh, the Secretary of the Interior is an indigenous woman herself. And, you know, when she was appointed, I really thought that that would bring a different tone to that department in particular in terms of it's, you know, becoming more connected to kind of connecting government to the will of the people and the environment. Did you guys have a chance to talk to her or hear from her since you were at the interior? She was not there that day. Really? Um, and, um, and, and I do feel that having that representation is helpful. Mm -hmm. I think it's bringing these um, issues forward. 
for example, at the back gate where I was manning the camera, um, it, two or three cameras at one time, actually, um, there was um, a young man came in or came outside and he was, you know, trying to engage conversations with the people sitting there blocking the gate. And um, he was talking about trying to do it a different way, trying to, you know, you know, come in here and, and get a job and, you know, do be me, he's basically saying. And he was native and he had a long braid and people were telling him to cut his braid and all of these things. The only thing that I could say to him is we're out of time. We no longer have time to sit back and wait. And yeah. he says, you know, and I said, you know, I've been coming here for 22 years. It was actually only 12, but just in that moment of passion of my trying to say, listen to us. That's why we're here. Um, it was a good engagement for me at that point in time. Hmm. That's awesome. So what, how does, how, so obviously a lot of different groups kind of came around um, to, to do this action. Is there a way for people to become more involved in these kinds of actions? Is there like a, a way to, is there a list to join? I mean, how do you become educated to be able to participate? Um, depending on the, depends on the level of participation. I would recommend going to um, people versus fossil fuel website. Mm -hmm peopleversusfossilfuels.org. And that connects you to all these um, organizations okay. that are coming up front and standing together. And it's good, you know, if you've got to fight locally, there are people that are working on these issues. You know, Facebook is great. I mean, you know, it does get the message out. And, mm -hmm. you know, I cannot imagine having done this journey without having social media. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It would have been a lot. I mean, I, that's how we connected. And terms of seeing what you were putting up and spreading the message and obviously us talking is trying to spread that message farther you know what would you so what are some of the things that biden needs to do as far as specific actions like what specifically is being asked of him to do other than just stop you know supporting fossil fuels that's kind of a general thing i mean is there a specific policy that can be kind of a hey, we got that done kind of thing? Well, we know he's, he's um, at a climate action this week. He will be, um, I believe it starts today and mm -hmm. Belfast, I believe it's in Belfast. Glasgow, and, yeah. Plus, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we have those people there already on the ground and, and we got to get in, in line with the rest of this world. I mean, the rest of this world are, are you know, we talk about the first thing is plastic fracked gas makes plastic how how many times how many ways can we spend that to get people to understand that we're not dealing with the plastic that we have and all it's doing is jamming up our rivers our streams our bodies and our uh, you know the fish i mean you know it's, that's a whole nother journey to go on but mm -hmm. um i feel that we have to um get off the plastics number one stop the fracking you know, we, we are doing fracking to people so that we can sit, make a profit, not we make a profit, but that 1% is going to be able to make a profit, sending it to China. But, you know, we all need to stop. We can't just have pick and choose for the wealthy or the privileged. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, that's the message Biden needs. He needs to say, okay, how are we going to do this? What percentage of you know, renewables are we looking at? And, you know, um, Kentucky is pretty progressive with um, 
you know, some job creation and things. And we're looking at two, uh, a, a huge Ford battery. We facility. saw that. Yeah. We've also got Toyota looking for an area too. Um, and we welcome those kind of jobs. But then on the other side of it, I'm sitting here two miles away from a slurry pond that's been there for decades, full of coal waste when they wash the coal and it goes into a slurry pond. And conductivity for life should be around 400. I test the conductivity at the stream level of around 1900. Or, or, you know, that was just the last time I'm a, a water tester for the state of Kentucky that I can take the samples and get them to the lab so we have good samples. Um, they want to extract lithium out of this slurry. You know, so we need lithium, right? But what, you know, how do they dry that? How do they concentrate that? You know, all this is just basically experimental at this point. And if it's going to cause more harm to the environment, we don't want to do it. We need the, we need the solar. Um, you know, there are many ways that we can create energy. And conservation is another way to start that. I was mm -hmm. speaking bio um, a couple weeks ago and a young man raised his hand he says what can I do how can I help and you know the the basic plant more trees and kind of thing come to mind but what can we do be aware share the message with people let people know exactly what we are dealing with and that um, you know we can stand back and watch or we can be a part of that change mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of personal choices uh, go into driving, you know, overall corporate behavior. Um, obviously, the people who have the most ability to make a quick and rapid change are corporations themselves, but, you know, they listen to what consumers want. Uh, an example of that is really what's happened with plant-based foods over the past year. You know, there's been a real move towards plant-based foods where people have really turned away from meats. And now you see companies like Tyson and other companies that have a lot of concentrated agricultural farming operations turning to, you know, what consumers want. Well, that's affecting change. You know, if we can, you know, use less plastic ourselves, like, be more selective in terms of with what we actually choose in terms of packaging and in terms of products, you know, eventually that message goes up the chain to, well, we have to make a, you know, this isn't worth it. You know, we'll do something that's more worth it. Um, what else, what other kind of advice would you have in terms of for people, like for that young person, one of the things that I see a lot is it, it seems like young people are, I wouldn't want to say checked out, but cynical, you know, in terms of like the economy has kind of left them behind and, you know, they're not as optimistic, I would say, as maybe my generation was coming out of the 80s. Um, what would you say to young people to what they need to do in order to build this better world? Take over. <laughs> They need to do it their way. Mm. Um, you know, if you look at the indigenous culture, you have the elders and the elders spend mm. their, their life's journey learning these things. And then, you know, listen to the elders. Um, they, you know, I say they, and I'm, I'm one of those elders. You know, we look at, at three sections. You have the, uh, the elders and you have your generation and then you have um, the youth. 
and you have been missing for all these years. Um, and I look at because I have a daughter that, um, you know, you're busy taking care of your families and you're busy getting your education and, you know, pursuing that dollar, so to say, and you forget. I was one of those at one time I forgot until it is what we call NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard. And when I've yeah. got three lines surrounding me, you have to react. You have to look at what's going to happen. And we are ready to let this youth take the lead. If you follow any of the footage and um, that people versus fossil fuels footage, there's links to that media that was missing and we just keep sharing it out. You mm -hmm. know, if you look there, you will see how these youth feel, how they really want to move forward with this. And they are stepping up and they are ready to take yeah. over. My granddaughter, for example, you know, the same family that the daughter has been missing for all these years, she just graduated from Ohio State with a degree in environmental policy. Pursue those changes. Policies where we're going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I was uh, meeting with Matthew Tejada, who is uh, the EPA Environmental Justice Director, while I was in Washington. And, um, you know, we've got some plans. We've got things that we want to do. We want to bring the front lines to the table to sit with them and say, okay, don't waste your time doing this. Come over here and let's pursue this path. This is the law. How do we change? You know, he told me that one of the issues that I'm dealing with, I'd have to go through Congress and that's going to take years. I don't have time. And that's why we need to move this forward as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed that um, there are several young people who are actually doing hunger strikes um, to have the uh, climate issue addressed. Um, and I, I saw one of them confronted uh, Senator Manchin uh, and did a good job representing, you know, the, the stakes that young people have. So that's something I don't remember seeing among young people before, but clearly, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on in terms of how people are trying to get the message out. Yeah, and dealing with Manchin, you're dealing with a whole nother world there. You know, look at what's behind him. He's, yeah. he's not representing the people as he wants to be, as he wants to be portrayed, so to say. Um, and I have family, I've worked in West Virginia. Uh, as Friends for Environmental Justice, we work in several states. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, how to engage. But um, I remember when the MCHM spill took place in Charleston, um, that was um, a tank farm where chemicals were stored to wash that coal that we talked about up on that slurry pond. And we all went in the middle of a blizzard to to Charleston and we stood on the river and we held ceremony trying to get people to understand 300,000 people, their water was untouchable, unusable. And I had family, I had cousins that stayed, they never moved away like my family did. And, you know, we have, you know, we had to organize water drops. And, you know, I looked at one of the things there was uh, in up Kelly's Creek, this area where I'm familiar with, everybody went to the post office. So that means take your water there. They're going to come there anyway. And then I had a cousin who worked with the elderly and we were able to find out who was shut in and couldn't get to that water, at least until we could find out what was going on. And that took us three days. You know, some of these people up in that holler didn't find this out for, you know, two, three weeks and they were drinking that water. And it's, wow. you know, the, this is water that is refined and sent back out to us. So this is that same dirty water that they're putting all these chemicals in that that's coming back to us, that filtration we talked about. 
I think that as we, you ask what Biden could do, you know, put the money in the right places. See where this money is going and who's spending it. Because what I'm seeing in my community is, as I mentioned, $2 million worth of misappropriated funds. All of it wasn't, it was all spent on water lines, but it was federal funds that couldn't be moved. And it went to a local county judge's neighborhood. Now we've got a shooting range going in there. I'm here in talk of a casino. We got a rec center. There was a prison built. We need water for these people. When are they going to get it? And I'm not just talking you know, get us good water and good filtration. I'm talking, get rid of the straight pipes up in these hollers. And, you know, I'm a headwater where I'm at, one of three out of Fletcher County. And all the water goes out of my county. Nothing comes in. We have a chance to fix this here in these mm-hmm. headwaters. And there's a lot of programs out there that people can, you know, if, if you are in one of those situations to where you know your water's toxic, push. Don't sit back and say, oh, well, I can't do anything because you can do something. Mm-hmm. You can make a noise that they're going to listen if you mm-hmm. speak enough and with that's, enough people behind you that's awesome um you mentioned uh how do you organize how do you how do you uh kind of spread that word can you share a little bit about that yes um uh in 2015 we formed friends for environmental justice we are a board-driven organization, pretty much, I'm gonna say pretty much me, I'm the force behind it. I step down as a uh, director and do programming and community outreach. So what happens most often is a community will contact me and saying, hey, we've got 50,000 fracking wells coming at us. Can you help? Well, the last time I heard that I happened to be in my backyard and we took on Cabot Oil. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, for example, if you needed help in your community, say you notice the water turned black and you know the water in your creeks isn't supposed to be black, contact friends for environmental justice at gmail.com. You can, um, our website's down right now. I'm work, that's my winter project to put that back up. Um, Facebook is a great place to contact us. And that is also Friends for Environmental Justice. And um, we will help you come in, find your key people in your community, find out who the movers and shakers are and, and see, help you assess what your needs are. You know, is it, we need, you know, is it, you need to have meetings, you know, well, let's help you organize these meetings and get the speakers in there that are going to talk to your issues. For example, another problem we have here in Kentucky is the Bullet County pipeline. Um, we're talking eminent domain, a 12 mile pipeline that has had more noise raised than I could possibly imagine. Um, they're putting in this pipeline, pipeline, taking people's land under eminent domain to supply water for Jim Beam whiskey. And this is LG&E, a major, you know, energy company. Then they tried to put it on the people's back to make them pay for that Jim Beam pipeline. So there are fights all over, you know, reach out, reach out to these organizations, um, reach out to me. If there's somebody in your community organizing, I'm going to put you in touch with them if it's at all possible. That's awesome. So Friends for Environmental Justice is not just in Kentucky. It's really something that you encourage everywhere. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, we have just left- to be clear. Lots of friends. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat today and to share your stories, your experience. Um, it's valuable. And obviously, we need to really come together and in order for this to get this done quickly, because we really are running out of time. And I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate 
kind of the scale of the changes that we're going to be facing if we let this get away. So I appreciate what you do as well in helping us share these messages. And um, when you go to that people versus fossil fuels.org, you will see how strong we are. And mm -hmm. I think we are making that difference. I think oh. every day people jump on board and say, hey, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And we can. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks again, uh, Elaine. And, uh, you know, when you have more actions, I mean, I'd love to talk to you again and, and get more stories. I'd get more successes. So I'll talk again. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon.